1: Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and the baron of brewskis. I've got uh, two cool cats in the studio that are actually tied to Fremont and Ballard. Uh, it's all about beer and the craft beer alliance. Uh, I've got the pleasure of Jeremy Zuliger, who is the specialty beer manager uh, for Fremont Brewing. And Matt Lutton, who is the marketing manager, uh, he works pretty hard, I imagine, <laughs> for Ruben's Brews. Um, Jeremy and Matt, welcome to Happy Hour.
2: Hello, hey, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, so fun. So we are here today, gathered here today, to uh, celebrate this thing called beer. I'm gonna do my little Prince thing. <laughs> I gotta work on that. Um, actually, it's about the Craft Beer Alliance, right? This is what we're here for, because yeah, we both talk believe a bit in about this.
2: What we all believe in. And the right way of doing beer
1: yeah um so let matt start with you how did you get into beer i mean was this was the high school keggers
2: that was my <laughs> actually not so it was i was a student at the u and i was a couple years in you know you'd have pale lagers and things and then had my first craft beer and it just was like light bulbs going off that there's more flavor in this and there was more possibilities of doing different styles of things and that kind of started me on a journey of just trying to Learn as much as I could about the different styles of beer.
1: What beer was that?
2: Do you remember? Actually, it's semi crafty. I think it was like Negra Modelo. Oh. Negra.
1: Yeah. Okay. I like that one. And Jeremy, how did you get into beer?
3: Sure. Uh, I was, you know, I have the classic lineage of a brewer. I started out as a home brewer. Um, This was 12 12 years ago. Um, So, you know, Stone was raining. IPAs were kind of. Home brewing 12 years ago? Yep. Um, I've been professionally brewing for almost 11 years now. Okay. Um, So. I was wanting to get into the industry. Looked at the brewing programs and saw how much science it took, and thought, "There's no way I can pull this off." Um, <laughs> but I was I was lucky enough to meet um, a brewmaster, uh, Lars Larson, who's the brewmaster at Trumer Pills down in Berkeley. Um, oh, really? Trumer Pills is uh, different, is- Lars Larson, than in the radio KBI. realm. <laughs> <laughs> he's on our on our Sure. Here, um, yeah. So he's uh, he, yeah, this is down at Trumer Pills down in Berkeley. So that's kind of where I got my. Got my chops in brewing. I um,
1: wasn't aware that Trumer Pills was, has a facility in uh, California. They
3: do, so they um, they make all the Trumer that's made in the United States. Okay, here. so it's a separate brewery altogether than the Austrian Trumer. Right. Um, then I went down to Southern California, which I was where I was raised, and um, worked at a brewery called Brewery West. Um, kind of helped build that place up and. Making a lot of craft beer. Nate. Um, then I've been up in Seattle for the last year uh, making beer with with Fremont. Well,
1: I had the pleasure of having Dick Cantwell on the show um, sure. several years ago. And uh, uh, the cat who was, who's was got ghost fish, he was doing the uh, non-gluten stuff. I can't remember his name, but that was uh, several years ago as well. Um, what a treat. So, Matt, you brought a beer. Why don't you pour me some because I'm, yeah, I'm thirsty. And uh, you have, uh, what's this one called? This is called Mexican Lager? Yeah, this is our brand new Mexican
2: Lager out for the this time of year. Cinco de Miles coming exactly. up, right?
1: <laughs> Okay. Do we need a lime?
2: Hey, fortunately, not. We are <laughs> actually one of the little taglines for this in social media is hashtag needs no lime. Needs no lime. Very good. Hashtag. And
1: the reason they put lime in uh, Corona beers or Mexican beers is really to keep the flies away. Isn't that right? <laughs> that and add a little acidity. <laughs> yeah. Give us a flavor. Uh, well, hey, gentlemen, cheers. 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 Or salute, I guess they would say. Right on, man. Yeah. Hey, that's good for you. That's got flavor. That it's, taste, I mean, it's got um, some hops. Just a, What are the hops you got in there? Cascade?
2: No, Chinook. No, so I I don't know the hops exactly off the top of my head, but it's probably going to be more noble hops. Noble hops. Something from- uh, Saws or something, right? Exactly. Something from Europe. Very good. Uh, that's a little more grassy flavor rather than aggressive citrus.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I, I, I was a home brewer back in the 90s. And I was brewing batch after batch. I mean, I was trying to get high test. Of course, you know, we're in my 20s and sure. just digging it. Um, but I started putting on pounds, man, because you got you to gotta empty all those bottles out and, like, all those high test beers. And then I started getting a little yeasty. <laughs> I was a walking, uh, uh, really a, a walking, uh, um, what do you call it, a tap uh, um Walking tap, I guess. Anyway, uh, Tasty Beer, so this is brand new for you?
2: Well, so we've brewed this in the past, uh, but this is kind of the biggest release that we've done of this beer. Made a much bigger batch than we typically would for what's generally a small batch lager, but we're noticing that not only is lager kind of getting a little bit more traction in the local market, but Mexican lager is one of the fastest growing categories um, across the United States, particularly the imported Mexican lagers. So it's just because it's a very easy drinking, clean crisp, hint of sweetness. So we just wanted to do our craft take on that, use the best ingredients that we could find to make that style just a little bit better
1: excellent and um, this is all about the craft beer alliance. let's talk about that because we we segued into uh, having great ingredients Uh, your understanding the craft beer alliance is
2: it's about smaller breweries and breweries that are like-minded going up to the size of a brewery like Boston Beer Company that makes Sam Adams sticking together and pushing forward the right ideals of how we should be operating ethically and how we can stick together in the marketplace so that we don't get bullied out by larger beer companies that just want all the market share.
1: Okay, until the, until the InBev comes and offers you one hundred million dollars for
3: it. Uh, Jeremy, what's your take on the craft beer alliance? Uh, for me, it's for me, it's all about um, community and being vocal about our community and keeping us all as one and. Being able to translate to the customer what that means, um, so that you can see it on the shelf and know that this is an in- independent beer, um, and it's owned by an independent individual.
1: Okay, you know it's interesting being here in the Pacific Northwest and being a small yay and part of the wine trade and having a winery. Uh, I believe that the wine community has been has great solidarity. We we help each other. We're there. We're friends. We're we're peers. Um, in a way, we're competitors, but we like to say that. Uh, all Washington wine floats more boats kind of thing, right? <laughs> and it seems to me that the beer industry, the local craft brew industry, is is equally
3: as uh, um, considerate and congenial. I would say 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, for me, I'm a brewer, so brewers all kind of get along. Um, you know, I'm a member of the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, so I hang out with brewers from Budweiser, from everywhere, from Rubens, you know, and we hang out and we talk beer and process um, when it comes down to the dollars and where people's money goes, uh, that's where it stops. Sure. Because uh, when you're fighting for tap handles and shelf space and real money is involved and, you know, businesses, uh, it can get pretty cutthroat. Interesting. But, but on the floor, you know, as brewers, we drink beers and eat pizza and you know, yeah, hang out.
1: have a good time. Yeah. I, I'm curious, like Budweiser actually has brewers. You'd think it
3: would be all- They do. Mechanical. And- no, they got- Very intelligent, smart brewers. All right. Yeah.
1: All right, good. Um, Matt, how many beers at, and sorry, Ruben's Brews, um, is Ruben the founder? Is that like (laughs) Manny's at
2: Georgetown, or? Not exactly. So, uh, just a short version of how we came to be. Our co-founder, Adam Robbins, um, started home brewing, I want to say, about 12 years ago as well, and... Uh, it was right after the birth of his and his wife, Grace, who's our second co-founder's son, named Ruben. <laughs> I like how you qualified his wife,
4: Grace.
2: <laughs> yeah. And- Just in case he had a girlfriend, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, so they were invited to enter a professional beer uh, festival as home brewers, uh-huh. and he had to come up with, they had to come up with a name for the brewery on very short notice one okay. night. And- Best thing they thought of, and we still believe in it, is naming it after their firstborn son. Okay. So, company's named after the the young man who's nine years old now.
1: All right. Very good. of course, Jeremy, we know of Fremont Brewing. Um, Was that really the first brewery in Fremont? Outside of Hale. I mean, Hale's is free large. Should we call it? That was
3: almost before. I guess it would have extended. I think that is correct, though. Don't quote me on that. Because I'm from California.
1: I won't. This will just be there in perpetuity (laughs) on somebody's server. Uh, Well,
3: we're we're coming up on year 10, so... A uh, long time either way. Yeah, and it's been a,
1: uh astronomical rise. I mean, you've you got that brand-new facility. Yep. You painted it blue and green like the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, don't tell that. Those are our colors.
3: Those are your colors. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah of course. Um, you just poured me a beer. Let's talk yes. about this, Jeremy.
3: So this is Lush. Um, this is probably what I would consider our, our um, newest flagship IPA um, in that it's been around for what, two years now. Um, so this is um, low bitterness, high fruity, um, filtered. So it's not hazy. Um, it's got Citra, Mosaic hops. It's got okay. some lupulin powder in there on the Mosaic end. So that's really um, lupulin
1: is the actual powder that's um, in the hop lupulin, cone, right?
3: Lup, lupulin to I guess the easiest way to explain it is the kind of f- uh, flavor ball that's on the hop, and that is removed from the green matter um, using a cryogenic process. Sure. Essentially, it's frozen and separated. Got it. Um, and so you get less green material and all the aroma and flavor.
1: This this has to be my favorite IPA style sure. beer because it is very aroma hop, yes, it's, and it's beautiful on the, the nose, product. and it's not choking me or fatiguing me on the palate. Yep. It's still clean.
3: I mean, the trend over the last couple of years for IPAs has definitely I mean As IPAs ramped up, it was the... Charge for bitterness. Who can yes. get the most bitter beer? Right. right. Um, you thought or, Ballard uh, ESB would have had that <laughs> back in the day. Remember well, that tame. one? That's tame. That's tame now. It is right? now. But
1: back then, it's like whoa.
3: Or you know, when I was in high school drinking Sierra Nevada, I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever had. Right. Yeah. Um, and now that's just your average man's beer. That's what we or just to drink beer. back in
1: the '90s before Pyramid came up here right. and then and, Hefeweizen and uh, Pyramid Wheaton back in the day. 1991.
3: So as that, as people got bored with that, that's tapered off. Sure. So now things are becoming more. Drinkability is a big factor. So being able to consume it and have low bitterness, but then have all that hop aroma, because there's not any less hops in there. It's just when you put it into the brew. I like it. Um, Tasty beer. Uh, You also brought a
1: couple beers. One is a Saison, which is a... a Belgian or Austrian style?
3: It's a, Well, traditionally a Belgian. I would say this is an American style okay. uh, version of that. Um, I also brought along uh, Brew 3000, which is our th- uh, 3,000th brew. Oh, um, I see. It's a barrel 3,000th? 3,000th. You mean 3,000th batch? Th- 3,000th brew. So one brew... One batch can have multiple brews into it. Oh, I see. This is the three thousandth brew. I didn't know that, um, and it's in celebration of that.
1: Okay, very yeah. good. I want to try both of those. And um, uh, Matt, you just poured me something pink. Is this a yes. Radler?
2: No, this is not a Radler. So um, this is a Berliner Weiss style ale, and that's a obviously from Berlin, Germany. It's um, this one's has a little bit of tart cherry um, added to it. Which gives it that kind of nice pink hue, kind of like a a dark uh, Provencal rosé. Right.
1: Interesting. It's very light. Um, It's kind of creamy on the palate. The tartness is just more of a, I call it tart, but it's not a real sour tart. It's really a
2: high-tone tartness that just actually makes it bright. Exactly. So we're going just for a little bit of bright character over the top. The creaminess comes from the fact that wheat is probably the predominant malt okay in this and wheat often adds kind of a a creamy texture and so no adjuncts then the only adjunct would be
1: tart cherry cherry cherry. right but not rice or oats or things like that one might also add um
3: cool what do you think jeremy i think it's a beautiful looking beer it's crystal clear it is clear um has a really nice clean lactic nose you almost gotta do this for
2: valentine's
1: right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a great
2: valentine's it actually came out this uh so we're starting to do a sour rotating seasonal uh it used to be just our goza which is another uh, g-o-s-e g-o-s-e which is another german style tart beer rather yeah, than a goes, sour right. beer
1: tart i was just reading about beer in fact i went to the home brewers festival down in portland last year um really cool i was really impressed by how many clubs there are in the home brewing world and how many great beers you're producing. I was like wowed because they weren't trying to, you know, go for huge hops. They were really going for balance and complexity and deliciousness. And to me, that's, that's, that gets me that second glass, second pour.
2: Absolutely. I would say our philosophy with every beer that we make at Rubens is aiming primarily at balance and drinkability. If it's regardless of the style, be it a tart cherry vice or a Imperial IPA, We want you to feel like you'd want a second glass, whether or not you go back for that second glass, that second pint, particularly on a big, strong IPA. But we want you to feel like you could.
1: Excellent. Hey, folks, stick around. Uh, We've got some more beer and some great conversation with uh, Jeremy Zuleger and Matt Lurton from uh, Ruben's Brews and Fremont Brewing right here on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I've
0: got two brewers
1: in the house, one marketing guy. Actually, I'm a brewer, so that makes sense. Um, Matt Lutton with uh, Rubens Brews and Jeremy Zuleger, who is the specialty brewmaster over at Fremont Brewing. And, uh, Jeremy, you just poured me a beer. We were talking about the Saison.
3: Yes, this is uh, Virtue. It's um, uh, a fooder-aged mixed fermentation beer. Um so uh, aged in uh, big oak fooders, American Oak fooders, and then um, blended from another, a few a few oak barrels, uh, uh, reused wine oak barrels. Okay. Um, this wine has- or bourbon. Wine, wine, yeah. These are this is from all wine. Uh, well, the fooder is was new, to, new, so it's ah, uh, it's ability. raw oak fooder, and then the wine barrels were reused. Okay, uh, white wine barrels. All right. Is there a special uh, white
1: wine? Is it a variety or is it a blend or is it? No, a No, I mean f-
3: for the most part, w- uh, when a brewer's getting wine, I mean for what our goals are, are to track down neutral barrels, so the wine character is pretty. I mean, you get a little bit of oakiness, a little bit of tannic pickup, um, but for the most part, when the winery gets rid of them, they're neutral. Sure. I just took a sip. And the, first yep.
1: of all, it smells very intriguing. It, it has um, kind of a foreign land smell. I mean, I'm sure. going someplace different, someplace new. It's it's not the Pacific Northwest. Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would say that this is a blend, like a tie between Europe and America and that it is Old world Belgian techniques for brewing. We use a solera process to make beer, um, which is a little bit. In American brewing, is a little bit different than from a winemaker. Oh, from the from the barrel standpoint, I see. So you know, in a traditional solera process, you're working from the bottom, from the top down to the bottom to make sherry or whatever that is. We're using a similar process, but one vessel. So we're taking um, one oak vessel and never cleaning it. And so the, <laughs> the bacteria and the yeast in there are kind of constantly evolving and changing, and that's the solera. So I'll remove seventy-five percent, sixty percent, and then just top that back up with fresh wort and let that re-ferment. Okay. Um, so so it
1: ferments in the barrel.
3: It does. <clears throat> yep. Got it. Um, so and then the tie to uh, to for us to to stateside is using um, local ingredients. Um, within this program, local ingredients is is very very important to us. So all of these beers are wood aged mixed fermentation, and we use heritage grains. So this is brewed with Mecca Grade, which is out of Oregon, and they are a farmer and maltster, so they're estate-grown and estate-malted, which is uh, very unique for malt.
1: Interesting. Are there some guidelines, no pesticides or um, minimally processed or quickly processed? I mean, when we think about malt, obviously you you take the raw grain you have to germinate it right to cr- turn the yes. the enzymes to get the starches into sugars then you roast sure. it and then they they splarge it is all is that malt syrup is it actually coming from the splarge or is it concentrated I, cause that- well
3: so um you got a couple things you're going to, we're going a couple different directions first we got um malting and a, a maltster will source malt from different farmers mm. what what those farmers do is not there is no guideline there's like you mentioned run okay. high school but there is no guideline to that which is why similar to the to the to the brewers association and, and their trademark is is uh if we choose small mal- malsters we know we're getting quality malt that's been dealt with in what we consider a an environmental manner um we're choosing to use small maltsters for a reason um and um Next is, uh, so in the malting process, yes, you germinate and then you dry it. And then you store it um, to make malt syrup. That's then basically processed and distilled down to make syrup. If you're okay, going to right. then brew with it, but that malt syrup does come exclusively from malted barley. Okay,
1: and I, you know I love that stuff. It is—it's easy to use. <laughs> yeah, I love it on my pancakes when I have that. <laughs> um, hey, this this saison—it's it's nice and tart. It has sourness, yep. but it's very clean. It's it's dirty enough to make you feel like you're having a um, a European experience, but <laughs> it's clean enough to like finish the glass, which sure. uh, I you know. Sour beers aren't my thing, but I like this. And it's it's. And if it wasn't my thing, I wouldn't be talking about it. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, uh, tasty. And now, Matt, you just poured. This is great. I love it. This is beer after beer just after beer. Just throwing
2: beers at you. That's right. Matt, what do you have? So a totally different style. This is a beer that we... Uh, Brewed and released for Chuck's Hop Shop, which is, um, they have two locations, one in Greenwood, one in the Central District. The Greenwood recently celebrated their ninth anniversary, and they asked us to collaborate and brew their anniversary beer. So we started with our Imperial Hazy IPA recipe, okay. which we called Double Crush, mm-hmm. and then just used even, even, not Chuck's Hops, but even <laughs> more of the Great Northwest Hops that we love to use. So it's a hazy IPA, so there's no clarity to it. It's going to look just malty and creamy, tall yeah. white foam. And then the, the highlight of this style is, again, as with Lush, with the bright aromatics, almost no bitterness in this. Uh, there's a little bit of clean bitterness at the end, but it's all about the fruity hop experience up front and then mid-palate. Right on, guys.
1: This is now. Now you're pulling me back into this whole hop experience because I think the you know aroma is taste, but I don't want the bitterness to be a tactile, you know, crusher uh, breaking the deal because you know it's hard to get through a full pint these days of of um, IPA when it's so bitter. And I, it's just me. I'm getting old. It's, I'm sure that's uh, probably you know. Uh, I like uh, high-test multi-beers, too. But these are delicious. And I, I like the fact that the Craft Beer Alliance, is you guys are representing it well, in my opinion. Um, really cool. All these are available at stores, right? Because these are in cans. Now, do you have a specialty line can?
2: A specialty line can? So, a <laughs> <like> keystone. <laughs> oh, no. So... Um, The first two beers that we tried, the Tart Cherry Vice and then the Mexican Lager, those will be out kind of in a broader marketplace, a a lot of local chains, and certainly all the local bottle shops. But the Chuck's First Crush beer, since it was exclusive to Chuck's anniversary, Uh, uh, it was just available uh, at their shop that weekend, and we had a small amount available at the brewery.
1: We got a great bottle shop in West Seattle. It's uh, the, was it the Beer World? What's it called? Um, Beer Junction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very fun, and I uh, I like uh, collecting beers. Um, and uh, I this, this job gets me a lot of different samples, which is really fun. Uh, and you now, Jeremy, you've got the special beer three thousand,
3: the Andre three thousand of beer. Sure, yeah. Well, I would, so this is more the big boy than the Andre three thousand. No, this is <laughs> um, it is a big beer. You mentioned high test. Woo! Uh, so this is uh, this That's is Brew Three Thousand, which is uh, in celebration of our three thousandth brew. Um, it's thirteen percent, so it'll get you there. Um, it is essentially it's an English style barley wine that is aged in in bourbon barrels. Uh, wow. We use primarily Heaven Hill bourbon barrels. Um, this is a blend of beers, so this is both young uh, barley wine and aged barley wine. A um, lot of residual sweetness, uh, l- not a lot of heat, but a little bit from the from the from the barrel. A lot of barrel character, so different than the previous beers. These are first use barrels and then they actually then they come to my program which then I put sour beer in them because right. they're they pretty t- neutral. They use them for 2 or
1: 4 years I think in Heaven
3: Hill. Uh well Heaven Hill we get them I think are 10 to 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um because I and I'm totally not neutral. I'm not a whiskey guy but um I think they have a couple different lines out out at their, sure. at they their do. facility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those um, Kentucky folks they uh, make a lot of different they products.
1: They sure do. This is delicious. Now, I'm surprised. The, the residual sweetness here, there's no um, concern about secondary fermentation, or that only helps increase the the. Potency. No, we want
3: zero secondary fermentation. So um, the, the previous beer we had is bottle conditioned, so I have a secondary fermentation in bottle. Um, this one is, um, well, high enough alcohol percentage that the chances of anything kicking off in there are very low. Uh, and it's also... Um, Filtered in a way, it's centrifuged, so we pull out any oh, okay. most of the yeast that would be in there. I see. That's um it. and you know, with, with yeast, um it'll reach a terminal gra- it'll reach terminal gravity, and even if you throw more sugar at it, it won't do anything. Sure. Um so that's where this is.
1: And is brewer's yeast different than Saccharomyces, terra VCA or is it? No, no, the that same. is brewer's yeast. It yeah. is. Okay. Because obviously you're making wine, there's yes. some yeast that yep. can actually tolerate fourteen, fifteen, sixteen percent. Yep,
3: same with same with even brewers, sack sac, sac yeasts. I see. Um I mean, there's thousands of strains of yeast, and all of them have their different tolerances. I know. I got I'll a bunch
1: <laughs> over here. This is um, really, really tasty. I'm surprised that that, that sweetness is um, It's not off-putting, because I, I think sometimes the sweetness, they, have, they have, balance that with hops. They get a little sure. bitterness to, to sort of um, finish that dry in your mouth, but this has got that real It's kind of a Dr. Pepper kind of thing, and I really dig it.
3: I think that the the sweetness in a big barley wine or a big barrel-aged beer, the sweetness cuts the alcohol for me, um, or vice versa. The alcohol cuts the sweetness and makes it more drinkable. Um, Whereas if it didn't have – like if this were just a 13% beer that was not barrel-aged and did not have that booze character, uh, it would be a lot more cloying.
1: Interesting. Um, And this is a – is there going to be a Brew 3001, or is it... No, there's a Brew 1000,
3: a Brew 2000, and then this okay. was released a month ago.
1: Interesting. So fun. And that's a very limited product, right? Very limited.
3: Uh, if you can get it, uh, good luck.
1: Okay. Well, um, my pal's coming up uh, this weekend, and uh, I'll let him know. He's a he's a big beer guy. He got me into home brewing. And by the way, I keep saying this. Whenever you meet a brewer, um, I want you guys to use this. Uh, make a really big beer. I made a big beer, and I called it Dark Diggler. You got jokes. I got jokes. Seriously, <laughs> no one's used that yet. Like, I want to see someone have a beer called Dark Diggler. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll talk to the owners. We'll see what we can do.
1: Yeah, I mean, just for fun. Maybe it's a one-off. Well, um, it's all about the Craft Beer Alliance, and how many members in that? I mean, is that like, uh, there's like 7,000 breweries in Washington, in, uh, in Washington State, almost, in, in the United States these days.
3: Uh, yes. I think we're we're on the Brewers Association is... I have no idea. It would be in the many thousands. Many, many thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty neat. Um, well, Matt Lutton and uh, Jeremy
1: Zulager, uh, guys, thanks so much for sharing your beers at Ruben's Brews and, of course, Fremont Brewing. You're very welcome. Thanks, thanks for, very having much us. for having us. All right, folks. Hey, stick around. Uh, I got to finish these beers, but I'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs>
0: Regular guys, separated by 20 years and a full head of hair, Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays, nine to noon. Talk radio, five seventy KVI. It's KVI. Want to know weekends? And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia. Christopher Chan.
1: Well, hello, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round three, and I got three bottles of whiskey right in front of me, and one cool cat in studio. It's David Carson. And we are uh, getting ready for Seattle World Whiskey Day, the second annual. Uh, It takes place in Redmond, and go figure, it's on Mount St. Helens Day, Saturday, May 18th. So hey, David Carson, welcome to Happy Hour.
4: Well, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, good to have you back. Um, So tell us, what was the idea behind World Whiskey Day?
4: Well, some guys in in, uh, the UK decided that we needed to have a kind of a holiday for whiskey, and I totally (laughs) am on board with that idea, so... They came up. This is about six years ago, I think. They came up with World Whiskey Day, the idea, Um, and then I I'm on the board of a nonprofit that uh, was looking for an idea for a fundraiser, and that would be a public fundraiser, Um, and it's a it's a domestic violence prevention nonprofit uh, based in on the east side, Um, and you know this this kind of bubbled up to the top as as one of the better ideas. Uh, We had it last year, the inaugural event, and. It went well enough to do it again, so we're uh, we're excited about having even more distilleries and uh, more food. Uh, it's in a bigger park, <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's all kind of coming together.
1: Excellent. Is is it the same day each year or the same month?
4: It's uh yeah it's 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 the third Saturday in May, um, so. It, obviously, the date changes, but uh, last year was the 19th of May. This year, it's the 18th of May. No doubt. So 39
1: so, years ago, where were you on May 18th? I, you
4: know, I remember talking to my cousins who lived in Yakima. We, I lived in southern Oregon, so we didn't really see much of – I mean, we, we could uh, peripherally see some of the, the sky, uh, the, some of the ash coming down. But, uh, the, you know, when we, we called up the Yakima and Tri-Cities, I have cousins in both, and they they said, it's unbelievable. The, the, you know, the sun's completely blotted out. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty pretty wild.
1: Yeah, the gods were angry. <laughs> Vol, I guess his name was. <laughs> the,
4: the whole mountain just came apart. Yeah. It did,
1: and yeah. uh, it's funny. There's like two times where like nine eleven. It used to be when JFK was shot, right? Yeah. You now it's nine eleven, and Mount St Helens would sure. be the the more current uh, uh, dates to remember. Um, so, is World Whiskey Day actually? Is this Seattle World Whiskey Day on May eighteenth? Is it actually World Whiskey Day? The same one?
4: Yeah. So it, so the, the, it's always the third Saturday in May. So we will always align with that. Um, it, it's unfortunate because there's a few – I have friends that have uh, longstanding things that they go to, like Beta Breakers is the same weekend, oh, yeah, well. but it's on Sunday, I you know. <laughs> and then uh, the, the Ham Fest in Dayton is always that weekend. So it ends up, you know, certain people like that love whiskey can't come, um, you know, in my circle of friends. Right. But, uh, anyway, but it's, but it's going to be a great day. We had a great um, weather last year. Uh, it was like 70 degrees and perfect and over, a little bit overcast, which was – ideal for not getting your uh your pate burned.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I, well, I could uh, use a hat if I'm going to attend. So it's Saturday, May 18th. Uh, you have two sessions. You have a day session, which is great for day drinking, one to 4:30, <laughs> yeah, right. and an evening session for those who uh, you know have to go to the kids' soccer game and baseball game and all right. that. 5:30 to 9 p.m. at Redmond Downtown Park. What is this a building? Because I'm not familiar with the Redmond so th- Park. it's a
4: brand new park. Um, we we just finished uh, in September of last year in in the city of Redmond. I'm on the Redmond City Council. And so it's been in in the works for a long time. Oh, wait,
1: is that that grassy part in between all the new high sky rise, high <laughs> rises?
4: <laughs> well, there are quite a number of uh, of mixed use. Um, yeah. So we've got a lot of commercial on the ground floor end, and, and uh, residential residential or. Uh, sometimes commercial above it, uh, like businesses above it, uh, office space. So
1: it's outdoors but and is it tented?
4: It'll be uh, it's tented. Uh, the all the distilleries will be under tents. So <laughs> bring your own tent and your yeah. hat, right? <laughs> right. Bring it if you got it. And uh, uh, but we will have. Uh, I mean, you'll be able to. Uh, I, it, it never rains on this weekend, right? So, right. so. Uh, but it's going to be great, uh, and it's a warm rain in, in May so anyway. So you know, no, no. you got whiskey. And I, I mean, if if, if like you're camping. really that that kind of uh i mean i i don't know i i i i love i love whiskey this is this is craft whiskeys um uh, from around the northwest and uh i mean it, it's it's not like any show you're ever going to go to um where it's you know mostly corporate uh kind of i mean these are the small distilleries sure that, and they make some amazing stuff.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's sort of the artisanal uh, producers that uh, hail from both British Columbia, Oregon, Washington, any other uh, yeah, regions. Yeah, so,
4: so we and because it is World Whiskey Day, we we basically in, anybody who has kind of operations here in the Northwest, we're allowing them to participate. Um, we uh, so we we've had um, the, the distillery from Kentucky that makes Woodford Reserve. They're they're going to be there. Um, so there's a few kind Of outliers outside of the uh, they're, they're bigger producers, but you
1: Well, know, we'll call them traditionals, traditionals we'll call them, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But that I, I mean, idea. you
4: know, I you know, it's funny because I, 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 there's something to for everybody to like at this show, so that's what that's what I think is great about it is uh, we're gonna have just a, a huge variety, and it's not just whiskey. So if you have a plus one that's not really a whiskey fan, there will be we we allow them to bring up to two non whiskey. Uh, spirits with them, oh! Uh, so they can bring a gin or a a, a, a lot of them have uh, do fruit um, uh, liqueurs and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, we had an aquavit last year that was really interesting. Uh, so again, it's it's not just uh, whiskeys, but and that's the primary focus. Obviously, is whiskey, sure. but
1: but for the uh, I mean, and there's food. There's is this, food. Are these samples or are these. There's going to be
4: music. Yeah. So these are you're going to get ten samples. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. And and believe me, that's. I had a friend who said, uh, "You know, I, I thought oh, last year we only did nine, and because we were concerned about over over service, and that's always <laughs> you got to worry about that in yes. states that, that you know, where the law is as strict as it is in Washington. No, we care about people too, absolutely, and we don't want them to drive for you know or things like you know or just Stumble, be intoxicated ball. and hurt themselves. But <laughs> but the fact is, is that so he 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 thought that nine was kind of low. You know, after after I think after he got like, digit, through so. number six, he was like." Oh, that's just about the right amount, so okay so he well. was he, he thought initially it was kind of uh it, it wasn't enough but uh, it's 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 great. Well, I mean, it's a
1: professional. I spit wine, and it's it's really hard to spit spirits because it, it's absorbed. I yeah, mean, we're yeah. talking right. uh, some some good proof, and also uh, it lingers. So how do you uh, how would you recommend? Well, first of all, let's get the website out there. It's SeattleWorldWhiskeyDay.com. Sure. SeattleWorldWhiskeyDay.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got uh, something like tw- on Twitter at SeaWorldWhiskeyDay, which I think you know. Yeah, because we you can't. I, you can only
4: well, you can only go so long with with uh, handles. Right. So tickets are <laughs>
1: thirty five bucks, and that's on. Until next week. Until May
4: 11th. May 11th. Yeah.
1: And then they uh, bump up to $40. Uh, you can buy them online, and you can also get them at the door. Is that right?
4: You can get them at the door at the, at the $40 price.
1: Okay, yeah. great. So um, and it's the same stuff for each session. You mm-hmm. can pick and choose. Can you do both?
4: Uh, you can actually. So we'll give you a wristband. So what? What the deal is is we just want to give the distillers an hour for dinner because oh, last sure. year we didn't yeah, get standing. And- well, the standing and well,
1: just- they get there at 10, noon and eleven a.m. Anyway, it, exactly. It's a long day.
4: It's a very long day. So um, it's 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 what a lot of shows do to yeah. just break up the day for them because you know I mean, it, we got feedback that. You know, it really was necessary. Sure. And uh, so, so, two
1: sessions. Um, you just poured me a, a dram of whiskey here. Which one is this? Mm, this is really this tasty. Is the,
4: this is the Freeland Bourbon uh, from Portland, and uh they're they they I think they only have uh, a I'm trying to remember what the other one is. I think it's a gin and a and a bourbon, and they they released this less than six months ago, and it's it's really fantastic. It's I, really
1: it's delicious. It's it's, great. it's got depth and it's it's not sharp. A lot of times, whiskey will get that bite. It's got a little bit of the um, heat on the finish, but there's no. It's not too woody. You're not tasting toothpicks, if you know what I mean. And, uh-huh. um, no, and so it's, this it's is been, called Friedland Distillery Friedland, out Friedland. of Portland. Yeah. And and looking at the poster here, you've got Whidbey Distillery, Bainbridge Distillers, which I think last year, the year before, was the best whiskey in the world. They've yeah. got that one.
4: And and actually, Cop, um, Copperworks, Copperworks is was is, the uh, uh,
1: best distillery or number 1 distillery right. That's in, right. in the United States yep. uh, right last year. Yeah. Um uh yeah and we got Nightside Distillery, um Scratch Distillery, Westland of course, which is uh, a huge um, quality they makes, producer. They are very nice, yeah. And Rogue Spirits I had them on the show uh, just a couple of weeks ago talking about their Rolling Thunder uh stouted whiskey
4: okay yeah, yeah, no, and i've I've tried their dead guy whiskey, and it's it's pretty incredible too, <laughs> which I mean, if you're a fan of of the dead guy ale, it's made from the same. Yeah, uh, same uh, uh, mash bill that they make the. Dead I, I Ale. worked
1: at a place uh, in uh, Belltown back in the day, back in 1991. We had Dead guy Ale yeah. because it's called Costa Beach. Really fun. Uh, I know my listeners have heard that before, but uh, uh, Pursuit Distilling, um, Admiralty Distillers, Old Society Spirits, Okanagan Spirits, True North Distillery. Yeah, those last
4: three are are BC, and we're we're still wrangling with the uh, the regulations to get them to be able to attend. So. We hope they're they're able to. It's it's not looking that great at the moment, but eventually we want to have BC distilleries because they're doing. I I when I was looking through the list of distilleries, they have just as many as Oregon and Washington do, and it's it's fantastic. I mean, I went up there and sampled some of um, uh, not one of these three, but uh, there's one in in Vancouver. Yeah, um, I was it, there. It's it's they're really doing some good stuff. It's so. pretty
1: neat to see that urban. I mean, it's right there in the neighborhood. It's like well, you go it, to a bar. There's that
4: one, and there's also uh, a Granville one on Granville oh, Island. That's sure. the one I went to, and uh, and I, I'm sorry I've, I've forgotten the name, but uh, they were uh, unfortunately they're not going to be at the show, but. But they're doing some amazing things uh, in BC as well.
1: Yeah, I love it. Experience craft whiskeys, ryes, bourbons, and other spirits from more than 20 Washington, Oregon, and BC distilleries. Hey, folks, stick around. I got David Carson, the lead organizer for Seattle World Whiskey Day, taking place Saturday, May 18th. We're gonna uh, have a couple drams here, so stick around. We'll be right back on 570 KVI.
0: He's local. He's all Northwest. Lars Larson. Weekdays, noon to three. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Well, hey, Seattle, hope you're having a great Saturday night. Time for our fourth and final segment. I've got David Carson, lead organizer for the Seattle World Whiskey Day, taking place in Redmond, part of the International Global World Whiskey Day, uh, from London to uh, Lisbon, <laughs> Australia to, to Amsterdam. Um, it's Saturday, May 18th, over at the Redmond Downtown Park. Now, this is an outdoor uh, event, so uh, dress accordingly in your layers, but a tickets are only 35 bucks. It's SeattleWorldWhiskeyDay.com, and there are two sessions, the day session, one to four. Four thirty, and then the evening session, five thirty to nine. You get ten tastes, and tell me about
4: some of the food. Well, so we're going to have uh, actually, um, we're going to we're going to have some restaurants from Redmond um, that'll be taking orders and delivering it right to you, right to the to where you where okay, you made so the it's order. Okay, so it's a la carte. <clears throat> yeah, basically you'll sure. you'll be able to come up and and order something, and then know, get it get a text, and yeah. uh, come back and get your food. I like that. Um, well, it, 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 there's so many great restaurants right within about. Two blocks of of the venue. Yeah, but,
1: you got uh, the Mission, you got Prime, and you got that uh, sushi joint. And
4: yeah, there's a, there's a poke place. There's um, not there's, the Mission. It's uh, um, Matador. Matador. Yeah. yeah. So Matador is actually gonna. Um, we're we're working with, trying to work with them on on doing that. Um, and then uh, Redmond's Bar and Grill, um, uh, Spark Pizza, which is a new pizza place from the people. Um, who uh, brought you woodblock? The woodblock is right across the street from the park. Right, uh, and so we're hoping to to do the same kind of thing with them. So very
1: cool. Yeah. Um, it sounds fun. And 35 bucks, you get 10 tastes, and mm-hmm. you, you have a chance to purchase more tickets if you're so inclined.
4: Yeah, so you can you can purchase tickets at at SeattleWorldWhiskeyDay.com. We'll also have bottle sales. So if there's something you ah. try, you can take it with you oh, and great. you can stock up. Uh, the one thing that's nice about uh, because we're a 501c3 and this is a fundraiser for us is that um the no tax. sales tax is waived for Just uh, the sales tax not the government Not the bottle tax <laughs> there's a there's a bottle tax that we still have to pay but Right. Yeah so so which is parks. ironic
1: because you're you're you using a uh, city lane.
4: Yeah, well, we have to pay yeah, yeah, we we got to pay a fee though. There, so There's I'm sorry a fee to take for the uh, for the park, yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Oh, well, you so. you
1: brought three uh browns here. We tried yep. the Freeland Spirits which you said was made by all women, a female It's a female-owned distillery, yeah, yeah.
4: And I I actually visited them on my way back from my my grandmother's funeral and and um I it was it's it's an impressive operation and I'm hopeful that they're 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 still able to come uh I I I I have to figure out if they're they're still on board but uh because they they sent me a message that said they have had some some labor Conflict, issues. Sure. <laughs> well and, I'm glad you it brought happens, it down but, for me to taste. Oh it's it's an incredible bourbon. It is um, good. It really is great.
1: The two other ones uh is one I've had before is Elk Rider. It's good to get back on. This is a rye whiskey from Heritage distilling down in the Gig Harbor and you yep. can get that spice right on the nose. It's mm-hmm. really really uh, yeah, impressive. Yeah, I'm,
4: I am a big rye fan. So so we're, uh, we're actually doing judging for the first time this year. Uh, and And one of the categories is rise and uh so the uh, the the that's two smooth. other ones that i brought you are, are rye, and they're they're really nice that's
1: very smooth and it's it's, it's peppery it's got that spice note from the mm-hmm. rye um but incredibly smooth i haven't had that since last year uh the last one you have is a uh one of the largest distilleries in oregon right yeah. crater lake
4: crater lake yeah they're in the bend area and um they uh they you you really see the rye um, show up i, I haven 't seen i i think they're working on other other distillations but uh, they have they have a number of other things uh outside of the the whiskey category but um the rye is the first thing i 've tried and i really like it it's yeah they 're quite very... they're quite different yeah
1: um, the the uh, uh clear creek uh, sorry um What's it Elk called? Rider. Crater Lake. Sorry. Oh, crater Lake. Yeah. Crater Lake is is light, mm-hmm. but it has depth of flavor. Whereas the Elk Rider is a little heavier on the palate. It's punchy. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty.
4: Got a pretty good punch to it.
1: But um, that rye finish comes off, and it's a great uh, um, mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It's in the... very supple. Yeah. This one is this one eighty proof. Is the rye um, more? Is the Elk Rider higher? I think both iron? eighty proof. Really? Yeah.
4: This um, this is uh, yeah eighty proof. Okay. On the Crater Lake and. Um, uh, let's see, it uh, looks like eighty, ninety-two on uh uh-huh, All right, but, yeah. so I, could, I, I felt that, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to
1: ask. Um, yeah. Really fun. I appreciate you coming down here. Congratulations on a second year, and I yeah, wish you all the best you. of luck on May 18th. It's seattleworldwhiskeyday.com. There's two sessions, 1 to 4.30 and 5.30 to 9. Um, you can find some parking or take an Uber.
4: Yeah, yeah. We, so there's a, about a block away uh, is a, a large parking lot. Uh, that's It's free parking. There's a lot of on-street parking nearby. Um, and there's a couple of structured parking lots that are available uh, on the weekends for for uh, folks. So, so you can camp out. <laughs> camp yeah, out well, yeah. And, you, know, you can go eat afterwards, and there's quite a few places that are open later.
1: Awesome. All right, Dave Carson, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having me. Hey folks, be sure and check that out. Of course, uh, this is all about artisan uh, distilleries, and of course, the Craft Brewers Alliance with uh, Rubens Brews and Fremont Brewery. It's all about uh, all about grains today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, we have a website as HappyHourRadio.net, and check us out on Facebook and the Twitter sphere. It's at Happy HR Radio. Um, I'll be seeing you next week with uh, a whole host of guests. It's going to be a lot of fun. But remember. If you're out and about, attending Seattle World Whiskey Day, or heading out for a fun time, remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!